Welcome to the Penguin Magic Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Tate. We have an incredible show for you this week. The main event is a comedian and stunt magician, Wes Barker. We discuss his show, his incredible YouTube channel, and so much more. Nick LaCapo joins me on the show to discuss the feature product of the week from Nate Cranzo. Before all of that, we kick things off with one of our quickfire segments where your favorite magicians tell me the magic they would never leave the house without. This week, globe-trotting 60s queen Simone Turkington joins me for the Everyday Carry. Simone Turkington, thanks so much for joining us here on the Penguin Magic Podcast for the Everyday Carry. All right, you're going out to get groceries. You're going to meet a friend for coffee. You're just leaving the place where you uh, sleep and and hang out with your family. But you're a magic nerd, so you never leave the house without some magic. Tell me, what is your everyday carry? My everyday carry is a charming Chinese challenge. By Troy Hoosier. Correct. This is a fantastic trick. I first learned it out of his book, Destroyers, by Joshua Jay. And I know that Vanishing Inc. recently brought it out with like the perfect ribbon, the perfect coins, and all of Troy's like updated handlings. Yeah, I don't have the update. So I bought Mm. it. uh, There was a lecture at the Magic Castle with Josh and... He, uh, he he performed it. Yeah. I was in the back row. Yeah. So that shows you its power that I was won over from the back row yeah. in, of the of the parlor. And uh, yeah, so I bought it that day. And that was, I sat on it for a long time. I mean, I didn't yeah. sit on it. I kept trying to, because mm-hmm. there's like a simpler move and, an, and, a, a, and a harder. Yeah. I was determined to do the harder version because yeah. it looks so much better. And so it took me years to, mm-hmm. to get to get it but then i finally over covid i got it and i've oh. now performed it in the close-up gallery oh you have yeah, yeah. that's fantastic yeah for our listeners who are unfamiliar with it uh charming chinese challenge is three chinese or brass coins i mean chinese-ish coins, yes because uh, it's whatever uh but three coins with a hole in it and then a ribbon goes through them and then one at a time they uh magically pass through the ribbon and it yeah. is such a cool trick yeah it's uh it's like there's a lot of fantastic moves that Troy created for it that are like really unique to Troy Hoosier. And uh-huh. I know Joshua, I know that's one of the reasons that Joshua J likes him so much. Right. Yeah. I haven't watched the update. I know there's the updated version, yeah. but I haven't, I haven't got that, but yeah. um, everybody should check it out. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's wonderful. It's very strong. Yeah. And I got to perform it for my favorite band. So what band did you perform for? Supergrass. Oh, yeah. I have no idea who that is. <laughs> They are like a Britpop band from the 90s. Oh, but I love uh, it. But uh, yeah, I performed it for them and uh, blew their minds. It's fantastic. Well, Chining, Charming Chinese Challenge is a great trick that everybody should check out. Simone Turgan, thanks so much for joining us on the Everyday Carry. Thank you for having me. Thanks so much to Simone for joining me on the show. Go back and give her episode a listen. It's a fascinating insight into the life of two working performers. On to the main event. Wes Barker starred in Big Trick Energy on True TV with a cadre of Canadian magician superstars. Before that, he had appeared literally all over the place. He's been on Penn & Teller's Fool Us, AGT, Wizard Wars, MTV's Greatest Party Stories Ever, and a ton of other shows. These days, he tours his incredibly successful live performance all over the place, and grabbing a few minutes with him to talk comedy, magic, and YouTube was a real treat. Now, you get to join our conversation. Wes Barker, thanks so much for joining me here on the Penguin Magic Podcast. I'm. It's so great to talk to you one-on-one, because I did interview you once before on the show when you were on Big Trick Energy, but I've wanted to talk to you for a while, because I think you're your career and your show and your YouTube channel and just everything about you is really fascinating. And uh, and I wanted to sort of dive into all of that. And my first question for you is, what the hell is a stunt magician? <laughs> well, thanks for having me. And yeah, it is better being here without Chris Ramsey talking over me all the time. So <laughs> feels much better. <laughs> a stunt magician is, it's a term I came up with like, uh, whew, I don't know, like over 10 years ago now probably. Mm-hmm. And um 
it was just meant to be like a good marketing angle, right? Yeah. Like it's because most people go, what is that? Yeah. And at the time, the idea of like being a comedy magician just, I didn't really like how that was sort of seen in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's much better now, but at the time I was not really into that, the way that was perceived. Yeah. And uh, stunt magician kind of fit what I was doing more anyways. Like I liked doing straight jacket escapes. I liked walking on broken glass. I liked eating light bulbs. You know, so I was like just trying to give people an idea. Uh, turns out my show is much funnier than it is stunty. <laughs> and people would buy tickets and they'd come and then they would have a great time. But afterwards, they'd be like, that was so funny. I, I kind of thought you were going to light yourself on fire and jump through a brick wall or something. Uh, <laughs> and I'm like, oh. And they're like, because, you know, stunt magician. I'm like, yeah, I guess. I don't know. And then they're like, it was super funny, though. So mm-hmm. I kind of had to pull back on that a little bit. Okay. And it's only recently I've been doubling down on it again um, just because I do like it and I found a way to sort of find a way to still make it funny is what I'm basically trying to say. But yeah, originally it was just a sweet marketing idea, I thought, and it seemed to work. So it's, uh, you know, I I haven't seen your full show in person, but I've seen lots of little bits on your YouTube channel. And it seems like it's a pretty solid mix of like weird stunts like the the sword stab that you did on fool us with also like really solid magic like it sounds like leaning into that has been able to really free up the way you select material for your show yeah i end up with i end up with tricks like the like the one i did on fool us but i also end up with tricks like with a blow dart gun or Mm -hmm. shooting a nerf gun or throwing knives or throwing tomahawks like it it definitely does uh allow me to go like okay, what is a cool image? Yeah. Um, and I've always been into this kind of stuff. Like I grew up on a farm. I've always been, uh, you know, I've always had a bone arrow and shotguns and throwing axes and like, just like, I'm very into that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I'm like, I just like, oh, okay. I'm sort of uniquely weirdly good at random things that don't really apply. I'm not a juggler, right? I'm not mm-hmm. a, you know, a lumberjack. I don't know what am I going to do with these skills. So uh, making them into tricks has really been uh, fun. And sometimes, man, like, it, early stuff, not, not normally stuff I post, but sometimes if you catch me at a show somewhere mm-hmm. and I've worked on a new idea, it is literally me with a, a skill that I've decided I can do and just <laughs> terrible magic of me just trying to horseshoe and jam in this skill set any way yeah. possible. Like my new thing uh, with my, my slingshot, there's no trick yet. I keep doing it every show <laughs> and it absolutely sucks. Yeah. <laughs> but one day it'll be really cool magic. But right now it's just me with a slingshot. <laughs> It sounds like a little bit like you you sort of develop material through play, like by like playing on stage with your audience. Because I think one thing that definitely shines out in all the stuff that you see is you're very quick on your feet uh, with with your audience and the interaction. And so it sounds like you're like a lot of it is being written in the moment on stage before you solidify it into like what it will always be. Yeah, I think that comes from uh, most of what I developed over my career so far has been uh, done at stand-up comedy rooms, you yeah. know, clubs and, and comedy rooms. And, and that was always the the way I, I learned it was like get an idea mm-hmm. and then get on stage and get it on its feet and then figure it out later. You know, like like don't don't try and have a perfectly polished thing and then take it up. Yeah. It was like take up the idea. And I mean, with magic, you have to know where you're going a little bit more than just with like, some comedy story or whatever. Yeah. So, uh, but but that's definitely where I was like, okay, I know what I'm trying to get to. I know what I have here. We'll figure it out uh, once I get up there. And um, yeah. So I mean, for better or worse, like sometimes like I can definitely end up at shows mm-hmm. where uh, where I wish I had more of an idea. Mm-hmm. 
but like there, I don't know any other way to get there, you know. And then once yeah. it is there, once I have tricks that I, I've I've figured it out, then it feels good. But yeah. I, I also like it too, you know. I I like getting on stage and and finding it through play, like you said. It's where I'm most creative, I think. So yeah, I want to talk a little bit about your YouTube channel because <laughs> I think that you have got. I, your YouTube channel to me is like one of the more fascinating magician YouTube channels and your headline graphic where it says sometimes magic, always comedy and a bunch of other variety stuff as well is like a perfect yeah. encapsulation of it because there are these amazing clips from your show and then like I think weird comedy sketches with your wife and then like sometimes you're <laughs> yeah. like bothering Chris Ramsey. Uh, yeah. And then and, like, I have like a whole like a documentary of me climbing Mount Kilimanjaro for no reason. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just like what the fuck? how yeah. how is this factored into your because you're still like too, I mean I, I went to your website and I was like oh I wonder where he's playing next because I saw you I saw this video of you uh of like just a month ago on the yuck yuck stage which i was I, yeah. a stage i performed on when i was in college i was like oh it's that's awesome and then uh and then i'm seeing this kilimanjaro thing and you're you're still touring <laughs> like how yeah. how has this youtube thing played into your career and how do you approach that i it's funny i'm glad you asked me about this because chris Ramsey just makes fun of me all the time. He's like, "Your YouTube looks like a yard sale, and, uh, or, or like a, or a thrift shop, or depending, yeah. you know." And I'm like, and I'm like, "Yeah, well, because I've been doing it for a while, right?" And like my first like big attempt at YouTube was like 2013, 2014 kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And uh, around 2014, I like I put up a couple of clips from uh, a theater show I'd done and filmed. And those clips went insanely viral. Like mm -hmm. one went 30 million, one went seven, one went five. Wow. Right? Just do, 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 do. And back then you really couldn't watch magic in that way on the internet. So mm -hmm. it was just doof. And, uh, and then I was like, oh, I got to keep this up. But I didn't even know what that meant back then. No one yeah. did. And I didn't have that much stage material. And me doing magic to the camera was never going to be, like that's not where I excel. And that's not what was getting me views. Yeah. So... I started just burning myself out trying to keep up this weird pace of putting up magic that's still good. And me, I, basically what I'm saying is, you know how people tell you like, uh, do what you love, don't burn yourself out? Yeah. That's what my YouTube channel ended up being. I okay. stopped thinking about it and saying, whatever, I'm just going to post whatever I like. Yeah. And it is an insanely bad idea if you want to grow your YouTube channel. Like, I'm a my channel has a hundred million views. Yeah. And I only have... 250,000 subscribers. Yeah. If you have 100 million views, you should have at least a million subscribers. It's, you know it, what I mean? Yeah, it's... But, but yeah, it's, it was, it's a really bad YouTube idea, but it's really great for happiness and creativity. And that's okay. what I... I uh, That's what I value. I have a pretty strong mental health game, and I think mm -hmm. it's because I'm not laser focused and beating myself over the head trying to, how do I make this work? Yeah. Um, but I, I don't know if that's fully true. But I and I also I think maybe I just keep throwing things at the wall and see what sticks. Mm -hmm. And if something did really latch on, maybe I'd do a lot of it. Like I was for a while there, I have a whole series where I was doing um I would I was watching magic in different movies and uh, TV shows and stuff, and I was breaking it down whether it was real or it was like some CGI Hollywood camera cut thing, right? Oh yeah. And the, the She Hulk I did, one like, is I, pretty interesting. Yeah, I did a ton of them. I probably yeah. did like twelve of these things. And they were getting sick views mm -hmm. but i was getting copyright flagged left right and center i was always appealing it oh, and yeah. i just i was just i was getting the views but it wasn't making me any money mm -hmm. and it was just annoying 
the, the YouTube gods of how often I was getting these copyright strikes, even though other channels seem to do it all the time with no issue. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of I just kind of gave up on that uh, as well. And then everything else is just in service of having a good time. And I, I I don't know I take I take more vacations than anyone else I know. Like Chris, Chris is convinced I'm not trying to get famous because he's like if you were trying to get super famous you would just dig in and do it like that'd be your only thing. But again, I just I, I like life, you know. Yeah. So I'm like I take these huge breaks. I go on trips all the time, and um, I try and still keep one foot in the game. So that's why I'm like, well, I'll film it, I'll mm-hmm. post it. But then you end up with me shooting like weird stuff that is totally unrelated. It's <laughs> it seems like like of all the magic YouTubers who have done really well, I feel like your relationship with social media is probably one of the best. Like, <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, can you can you speak a little bit <laughs> the healthiest? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it's just cause I I talk to influencers all the time who have you know ten, twenty, thirty million followers and and just insane yeah. views, and all they're doing is grinding out like getting the next Penguin release, putting it on video, throwing it up across all the platforms, and you're yeah. just very much in this different world of like I want to do a good job at this, but also like let's have fun, let's let's climb Kilimanjaro, let's break down She Hulk, let's post a weird video of me getting into a straitjacket that was like shot from the back of a club and it's uh and it's yeah. your and your audience seems to have responded really well to it yeah they, they have and, and you know sometimes i'll post a video and, and it'll it'll get easily you know hundreds of thousands of views if not millions then sometimes mm-hmm. i'll post a video and i'll, I'll get 2500 views <laughs> and uh it's a weird like to live yeah. in both uh, both worlds is wild but I really do think that it just makes me happy, mm-hmm. and uh, and and you know, like sometimes I'm like, oh, I know how to build a catapult to shoot hamburgers over this house. I'm gonna do that, <laughs> and you know, and then like I spend like two weeks and five hundred dollars building this nine foot catapult, yeah. and shoot and launch a hamburger over my house into Chris's yard, and then I post it and like eight thousand views, and I'm like, oh, okay, well. <laughs> I like it. Like I genuinely, when yeah. I'm 55, I will pull up that clip and I'll watch it and it'll make me laugh, you know? Yeah. So I, I maybe something like that. I There is a way, if anyone out there is wondering like how to become a social media guy and, mm-hmm. and, and, and how to make money in the internet, it's not a mystery. Mm-hmm. And look at the look at the very best. Look at Mr. Beast. Yep. He hasn't had a day off in a year. You know what I mean? Like I went down to Mexico one time to visit Julius Dean just to see how he was operating. Yeah. Right. And I went down there, and and the big thing I took away from that was we work twenty eight out of thirty days a month. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I'm married. My wife and I love traveling. We like doing. We like going on bike rides. Yeah. I guess I'm not that committed. But if you want to be, it's there for you. But you. You might not like what you find on the yeah. other side of that. That is it might be pretty miserable. I have heard that from so many influencers that I have met and become friends with and talked to. And I I think that like what you're saying is right. Anybody can, you know, finding those that those ideas are hard, but you know, anyone can do it if they're willing to put in the work. It's just an unbelievable amount of work. Yeah, and like you know, so on, my Facebook page has actually popped up pretty good. I got like half a million followers on that now. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt, but this week the show is brought to you by Repetition from Nate Cranzo. Nick Lacapo joined me via Zoom to discuss this awesome update to the four card repeat. Nick, Nate Cranzo has arguably one of the best approaches to the six card repeat plot. 
uh, this was a sleeper hit that everyone loved. And Everybody we're talking, loved it. talking about it. Repetition by Nate Cranzo. Very fun. Six card repeat is that trick where you got six cards and then you, you count one, two, three, four, five, six, and you throw one of them away, but you still got one, two, three, four, five, six cards. Then you throw it away, but you still got one, two, three, four, five, six cards. And then you throw it away and you still got one, two, three, four, five, six cards. And then you throw it away and you still got one, two, three, four, five, six cards. I'm just waiting. Nick, for Nick, 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 Nick. Yeah, no, it's okay. Um, this... We all know the trick. We all know the trick. It's a cool trick. I mean, and it's actually a great, great trick to oh, do, yeah. especially stand-up. But Nate's got this great kicker ending where he shows you these red-back cards at the beginning. He doesn't really make a big deal out of it, you know, when he shows you the cards. And I think they're actually card repeat. They're blue. They, he shows you they four. They start blue. They, they start, start blue. blue. He shows you four blue cards, and then he slowly he throws them away one by one, and he keeps Throw having four cards, and then he turns them around, and they're all red at the end. They're all red. How I mean I think it sh- I think that's why it sold as well as it did is yeah. because it was just a surprise. Yeah, you it's know? surprise. The real the real rub in any six card repeat effect is you need to know how to end it with a, f- a surprise, and this one just fools everyone. Super yeah. easy to do. The, tr- the card the cards do all the work, and uh, and it's it's well worth your time. No, this trick's great. If you like six card repeat. Grab it. If you've never done six card repeat, grab it. You're going to get some specially gimmick cards that uh, there's nothing to this trick. Um, it's very easy to do and you'll get great response. Repetition by Nate Cranzo. Check it out. That was Repetition by Nate Cranzo, available on penguinmagic.com. As always, the incredible listeners to our show receive 25% off the feature product of the week when they enter a special discount code at checkout. This week, that code is REPEAT. That's repeat, R-E-A-P-E-A-T, for 25% off repetition by Nate Cranzo. That code is only good for repetition and only good till the next episode of this show airs. Now, back to my conversation with Wes Barker. You know, anyone can do it if they're willing to put in the work. It's just an unbelievable amount of work. Yeah, and like, you know, so on, my Facebook page has actually popped up pretty good. I got like half a million followers on that now. Yeah. And that has turned into much more of a revenue stream than YouTube. Really? And that, yeah, oh yeah, for sure. Like substantially more, like mm-hmm. almost 10x. Um, and it's, uh, it, it, and because that, for some reason, that feels more scrolling, people are just passing through. I'll put up a little bit more uh, trend chasing type ideas on that. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I saw, you know, someone did this uh, game with their wife. I'll do that with my wife. Yeah. Right. And we'll, you know, and I don't really care so much about that, but YouTube is more of a destination platform. Mm-hmm. So I really like that to really be um, me, a real representation of me, how I just how I like to do stuff. Right. Yeah. So certain things like TikTok and Facebook, I'll just throw up whatever. I don't care. Yeah. Right. But when it comes to YouTube, I'm like, no, nah, this has got to be me. I have to like this. But you're treating like TikTok and Facebook as like actual other revenues for you to make money, like yeah. in addition to your touring live shows, which again, yes, the, the, I think a big difference between you and a lot of other social media, like social media magicians uh, to put this like very heavily in air quotes is that like you are currently on a tour on like the, the hunger yes. for comedy, like you're yes. performing at clubs and theaters and corporate events a lot. This is just like something you're yeah. also doing to make more cash. Yeah, my I would say on average my my income is ninety percent live shows still yeah. nine zero like it's that high mm-hmm. and uh, and I, I but that's the other thing that people don't understand like I 
would I love to make millions of dollars a year on, on YouTube? Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but all of that would be used to sell more tickets. Yeah. Right? My end goal is to be a guy that can go into a city and sell a thousand seats at a theater. Mm-hmm. I literally, everything is in service of this live show I do. Yeah. You know, I really believe that we haven't, we have not yet seen like the top of comedy magic. I think that's the next big thing to pop. I mean, I mm-hmm. like it's it's so it's so overdue. Yeah. When I ask people to name famous magicians, they'll literally do Penn and Teller, Darren Brown, David Copperfield, Chris Angel, David Blaine. None of these people are comedy magicians. Yeah. Right? And I swear there's a huge gap at the t- very top for yeah. the funniest magician you could ever name. You know, and like I I see what Wilman's doing and I love it. Yeah. And and that's exactly how I uh how I've been going about it too. I'm like, you know what? Let's just, uh, so any amount of fame or clout I can get on the internet, Mm -hmm. it just goes to sell tickets because I really think that's going to be the best at the end of the day. I think that you're really onto something there and I think that that you also, I don't mean to keep blowing smoke at you and complimenting you, but feel free to continue to accept it. Uh, I'll take it. (laughs) The, I have a relationship with a club here in Columbus because, uh, they will bring in an influencer who will will use it to sell tickets. But the diff- the reason I get brought in is so that the people who bought the tickets have a good show because a lot of times <laughs> yeah. this influencer, they got maybe 10 minutes and then they got to do an additional 45 that is just sucks wind. I mean, I've seen them. I've yeah. seen it multiple times with people walking. Whereas you're approaching this very differently where you're like, the show has to be good. And the internet stuff yeah. right now is me finding money in the street. But the real goal is to use this to get notoriety to sell tickets. hundred percent. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. And I, I, I've seen a lot of that influence stuff too. And, and I've yeah. got brought in as well to like, like, Hey, can you do it like a long middle? <laughs> I'm like, sure. <laughs> like how, how long in the middle? They're like 45. I'm like, Oh, that's not middling, but all right, yeah. you got it. Oh, and man. then, then even though the, and then day two with that influencer, um, I'll be like, Hey man, Honestly, do your 15 minutes so you got locked, and then if I were you, I'd do a 30-minute Q&A. Yeah. And and then the audience actually loved that, yeah. right? But I was like, do do that until you got more time, because just doing bad comedy is not going to help you at this point. Like, they paid yeah. money. They want to talk to you. Like, yeah. These are all your fans. Just do that. I'll take care of the, the entertainment. Then you just be awesome at the end, you know? I think we need to start a separate podcast called Eric and Wes <laughs> Help the Terrible Influencer World. <laughs> 100%. Uh, but yeah, getting more famous than you are than you are talented has got to be one of the scariest things. I mean, oh, yeah. it doesn't matter if you're going to be an actor. That's great, fine, yeah. whatever, ride that wave. But if you have to actually go on stage because you someone's bought tickets, you're in trouble, man. Yeah. That feels weird. Can you speak a little bit to your decision to reveal how your Foolish Act worked? Because I think oh, that like... hell yeah. So I, I think I know why you did it. And I, I also like don't disagree with it because i think that there's a weird trend in in magic where some people are like revealing stuff i mean like i'm even teaching stuff on youtube right now and some magicians are furious about that and others sort of recognize it for what it is um yeah i'll just i'll let you sort of expound upon it because it sounds like this is something you've wanted to talk about for a while i i have four reasons why i did it to be honest uh first one is I've been touring that trick for a while. Like I've been doing all my colleges, all my corporate events for Mm -hmm. like probably four or five years. Mm -hmm. And um, there's two problems with that. So these are like my first two reasons. One is it takes two phone books. Yeah. And carrying around two phone books 
is so impossible. Yeah. You have an eight show tour, you got to bring 16 phone books. It's so hard to do. Mm -hmm. Heavy, expensive, annoying. Then phone books just kept getting smaller and smaller and smaller every year, right? Because yeah. no one used them. Now they're like this, like tiny now. Like no one even has phone books, right? Yeah. It's just a piece of the internet, right? No one even cares about. So like, why did you print it? So those two things were really in conflict with like being able to do this successfully. Mm -hmm. And then after Fool Us, I'm like, what a great place for this to live. It's been done on, and I'm one of those guys, like I will retire tricks if they if they hit a, a certain threshold. If I put out yeah. a, a comedy special on YouTube myself, boom, retired. If it goes on national TV, boom, retired. You know, yeah. like you kind of have to walk away from stuff at certain points. Um, so I was like, well, that's a great place for this to live. And I can't really do it feasibly anymore anyways. The other thing that was happening is, well, my video is getting lots of views online on YouTube and stuff. And all the comments were almost like making Penn and Teller look bad. Because oh. they were like, pause at 5.55. You can see that the paper's already on the sword. And I'm like, oh, you idiots. You think that's what Penn and Teller were confused about you? Yeah. And I got so angry. So I was like, well, I'm going to just, maybe I should just show them how this works so they don't look at Penn and Teller like they didn't see the obvious thing, right? Yeah. So kudos to Penn and Teller for that trick. They guessed at the thing they didn't know, not the thing they did know. And I love that about them. Yeah. And then the, the fourth reason and the final one that really pushed me over the edge was Erica Claire was like, hey, I'm going to post mine. You should post yours. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. So we just both posted the same day. Yeah. <laughs> I think when it's one of those like where it's it's first of all the, the thing you just mentioned about uh, Penn and Teller like people getting mad at Penn and Teller making them look you handle that so well in the video where it's mm. it's I think that's definitely something that people should check out the way you handle that because um, you're not only are you like the method is pretty good like I should I'll yeah. put a, I'll put a link to this video in the comments because like yeah please yeah seriously magicians should take a look at this like it's a it's a fantastic method it fooled the heck out of me but also the way yeah. you talk about like the process of the way fool us works that is so good for fans of fool us who don't understand like they're yeah. at some point they're making a television show and they need to give up because it's it's good but also like it's important for them to play fair it's it's really good yeah, totally. No, that's for sure. But I, 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 yeah, I love that. I've been on a lot of shows, and yeah. that one's easily my favorite one to be on. Oh, they I really like. They it. treat you so well. They treat you so well. Yeah, um, definitely performer first attitude, which is yeah. it, it's not even rare. It just doesn't exist anywhere else. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say it's rare. It's not rare. It just yeah. doesn't exist. Um, and the, I think the interesting thing to me is you you're revealing the method of the magic in a way that is super ethical. It sounds like you thought about how to how to do this in a way that would be that would serve your own needs but also be deferential to the magic community am i right yeah. there I'm no i really i really did put a lot of thought into it and i was like yeah I like no tons of thought and like i was a little bit nervous e even when i hit upload right still because i'm just not a guy that likes to go around exposing tricks i've done a few little bits here and there kind of mm -hmm. thing teach a trick online sure but yeah. I, I don't I don't want to be like, again, like it's not where my interests lie or my heart lies. So yeah. it feels kind of disingenuous at a certain point. And I was like, yeah, so I was really careful. I'm like, you know what, this is, and it's a big trick at that point. Like no one had posted how their trick worked. Yeah. You know, that's what Eric, Eric went on. We posted the same day mm -hmm. and Eric went on trending uh, that day. Yeah. Like he was, he hit, he hit like number 16 or something. It's crazy. So, uh, even though I was getting more views, explain that to me. Don't matter. I'm not going <laughs> to, I digress. Uh, but yeah, so I, I really did think about it like long and hard. Uh, and it just felt like, it felt like one of those tricks where 
I felt like one of those tricks where you're going to just like this more once you see how it works. Yeah. And anytime that happens in magic, I think it's, you're just winning over so many more people. Yeah. You know? So like there's certain tricks that you expose it and it's kind of just like a weird, um, like the people that just want to know, they're like, oh, I want to know, I want to know. And then you show yeah. them and they're like, cool, now I know. And it doesn't, it's so not satisfying. And mm-hmm. then this kind of thing, I think, I, I, I even like the trolliest of troll that just wanted to know how a trick works, they can't walk away mm-hmm. appreciating magic less now. They just can't. It's so interesting. And it's so, yeah, they're going to be amazed by how dollar store uh you know the 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 gimmick was made from you know or mm-hmm. like how just bold and weird the choice was to you know i don't yeah. know so i i think it felt good to be like i don't know i eric's for one talked me into it honestly yeah. so <laughs> well I, I think that a little part of me thinks that magic is is coming to terms with youtube and i think your video first of all we both know why your video did better than eric leclerc's and it's because you're more handsome let's just let's that's just what put, i was saying let's yes. just put that out there Finally. It, didn't yes. need to be said, but I yeah, appreciate it. It, it just yes. needed to be said. Eric LeClaire is much less handsome than Lewis Barker. That is just a fact. Agreed. Um, Facts. But <laughs> I think your video is one of the ones, that, and, and one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you about it was because there's only one way to get more people interested in magic, and that is to pull back the curtain and show them how cool it is. And we all know that sometimes the method is really disappointing, but sometimes when you show the method, it is better. And there's a there's a right way and a wrong way to do it. And you're exposing your own trick that you're retiring, and you're doing it in yeah. a way that like I think draws people into magic and makes them want to become magicians and grow our community in a positive way. And I think that if we're careful with that, we can we can use exposure in a very positive way for the art rather than just yeah a, approaching it in a in a way to just like generate cash i think i think that's a great point and you know there's like oh, so many other layers here that i'm i'm willing to discuss about this for sure but like i got offered to sell that trick you know yeah and i was like uh i'm like this trick is not as useful like the method is yeah neat and, and you i'm sure someone will find a good use for it yeah but i'm like i don't want people paying to learn this trick because even though you'll be able to take the idea from it and probably find a, a method for or use that method for something else, yeah. I don't want you paying money to like not be able to actually perform what you saw. Right? Yes, yeah, and, and like you're not because I'm, I'm I've already identified the problem. Like you can't like it's <laughs> so hard to get to get phone books and go do this. Yeah, and that's the base top, and there's more layers below it. But even Justin Flom even even wanted like, oh, can I buy some rights to perform this? And I'm like, bro. You go find two phone books and call me tomorrow. And he calls me and says, like, I couldn't, I couldn't find two phone books, right? So I didn't want to sell it that way. It turned out I ended up making m- more money posting it online anyway. So that was yeah. kind of a weird side effect of it. Yeah. Which I, I, I was like, oh, that's that's nice when you when you when you do the right thing and you monetarily get rewarded for it. That feels kind of good. But like, I definitely wasn't just posting it just to try and like, yeah, here, give me give me views on like, look at this uh, secret I'm exposing. Yeah. And I'm I'm glad it doesn't come across that way. The other side effect about it, which I didn't even know, and it worked out great, was when I do corporate events before I posted that video, the corporate events were like annoyed that I didn't do my Penn and Teller trick, their big show, right, that they paid all yeah. this money for. And a lot of times I get by being like, you know, the layout here, I can't do it in this conference room, like you need mm-hmm. a proper like theater, blah, 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 angles, da, 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 and they're like, oh, okay, but it's still like annoying to them. Yeah. Uh, this was like, now they see it right when they 
It's like, whoa. And like, and then to me, to, or to them subconsciously, it goes, wow, like I can watch how he did his Penn and Teller thing. Makes them more interested in me. And then B, to them, they kind of go, oh, he must have something even better now that he's doing. Right? Why would you hang up your best trick? Right? So That's like so it smart. kind of really... It, I didn't did not know that it happened after the fact that I was like, oh, I'm this is like really benefiting me in a lot of ways. Uh, it makes me want to like reveal my act so I don't have to do it anymore. <laughs> so you don't have to do it again. <laughs> like, well, that's why Eric revealed his. Honestly, I don't know if he told you that in his thing, but like, yeah. he's like, I cannot perform this thing. Like, so if someone hires me for it, I'm just like, I cannot do it. Oh, like it's such a pain in the ass. <laughs> if you're listening to this, go back and listen to the Eric Leclerc episode because the method is so good, but also so impractical. <laughs> yeah. How much credit did he give me for that trick, by the way? He gave, he gave you a fair amount of credit. Not, not okay. nearly enough. Not, not as much. No, no, it was, it was, it was, it was literally just, I'm like, I just see you jumping into a box full of, uh, I just had the image of him jumping into that box. I had no no idea how to do a packing peanut trick, but I was like, I, I just gave him that idea, and he was just, eyes lit up, and I knew right away it was going to be the best thing ever. You know, you've said something twice now that I think is fascinating, and I wonder how this builds into your creative process, is you talk about the image that people see on stage, right? Yeah. And you've actually, I've heard you say this three times because you address it in the Penn & Teller video where you're talking about how the way you're standing with the sword is the image that you want them to see because it just looks cool. Now you're talking yeah. about Eric jumping into the packing peanuts. How, yeah. as you are creating your show, how often are you thinking about these visual elements that are striking and memorable for your audience? That That's every single trick starts that way. So the one, the trick I used to close my show with for the longest time is called the appearing beer can. Mm-hmm. And it's just literally me stripping into my underwear to do the most impossible uh, appearance of a beer can ever and it's just the beer shoved right down my underwear and it's just it's just this hilarious image i'm literally on stage in my underwear with just this bulging beer can where my you know <laughs> right in front and it's just like it's so funny that image and yeah. i had to think so hard about how to make it an actual magic trick mm-hmm. um but the idea of stripping on stage and standing there and pretending that you didn't just stuff your crotch to make yeah. it look bigger yeah. is so funny to me and I, I did that trick for years, and I even did it on America's Got Talent. Although they ended up cutting it out at the end because I think it was a bit too much for the network. Yeah. But uh, but always the, the the image is 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 everything to me. I I didn't even know my brain worked like that. Uh, it's just over the years, every good idea I've had is like, you know, I learned how to make a blow dart gun on YouTube one day, and I used to shoot you know beer cans in my back backyard, and then I was like, yeah, it's really funny if I get someone on stage to shoot this. Yeah. Like that's such a fun visual of like, oh, it's cool. And then I got to figure out a trick. You know, yeah. oh, I'm pretty good at throwing these boomerangs. I wonder if I could, man, if I threw, it'd be fun to throw a boomerang over the audience. How does that, like, that looks cool. Yeah. Got to figure Like, so it's always, I, I mean, I don't even know how else do you think of magic. I, I mean, some people say like, they, they oh, I get, you get a cool method. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you start working from the method outward, which that makes sense. But yeah. uh, it's just not how my brain works. Same with like when I do comedy. I'll say something funny in a group setting with my friends. Mm-hmm. And then the ones that know me well, they'll even remind me, like, write that down. There's something there. Yeah. Um, but I'm just like, oh, man, it always comes from this, like, yeah, this sort of very, like, yeah, natural. Yeah, always working backwards for me. Always, it feels like. Well, how about you? Is that, is that how you do it? Or, is, or do you uh, relate to that? I always start with the the end of something, and then I, I work okay, backwards yeah. to the beginning. My uh, as I'm working on shows, I typically start with what the end effect is because I can always get a method. 
Um, because uh, I got Nick Lacapo and Dan Harlan in my back pocket, so I can figure out a method, no problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I figure out what I want the end effect to be, and then I work backwards to get it so that the beginning of the show and the end of the show tie in, and then I just sort of start filling in the middle from there. At least oh, that's, that's smart. That, that, that's how I work, but I don't know. Like um, so I, you know, yeah, we're, I like so. I feel like I could talk to you all day, Wes. We're about out of time. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> before we go, uh, what is what is next for you, and where can our audience find you, both online and live? You know, so uh, I, I wrote a book called Abraka Dumbass, and uh, <laughs> and and you could check it out. There, there is a. It's not. It's a paperback, and it's also an audiobook. It's on Audible. It's everywhere. And um, I, I read the my own audiobook. I think the audiobook's the best method or the best version of this book because. Um, I ad lib so many extra stories in there, but it's a great. It's not. It's literally meant for everybody, not just magicians. I had a hardcover that was like solely for magicians, but I believe that's sold out. There might be two copies left. But anyways, that is like my big favorite thing that I put out in a long time, mm-hmm. and uh, I encourage people to check that out. Other than that, you'll find me posting irregularly on YouTube, consistently on Facebook, <laughs> and I um I am just reinstated my visa to travel uh, to tour the states. I only started got it going again. Um, in June, because it's only good for three years. Because yeah. I'm Canadian, I got to keep getting this O one every three years. Uh, so since June, I've been able to go down to the states more. So if you're in the U.S., there's going to be dates popping up probably starting in January. I have Great. a couple. I've done a couple here and there, but uh, and then yeah, right now it's just uh, Canadian tours and Christmas parties for the rest of the season. So it looks, awesome. uh, looks pretty good. Wes, thanks so much for joining us here on the Penguin Magic Podcast. My pleasure. Thanks, everybody. That's going to do it for this week, kids. Thanks so much to Wes for being on the show, and thanks to you for listening. Local show alert. I'm back at Keller's Comedy and Magic Club this weekend with Blake Vote. Yes, that Blake Vote. We have some super special things cooked up for you, so be sure to stop by. After that, it's off to the Magic Castle for me. I'll be in L.A. December 11th through the 17th in the Close-Up Gallery. I can't wait to show you what I have up my sleeve. As always, we're a weekly podcast, so be sure to like and subscribe as well as share your favorite episodes on the social media platform that you've been gearing up for Black Friday on. If you wanted to reach out to me about anything on this week's show, send me recommendations on mattresses. I'm looking for a new mattress, and honestly, what's the point of having a podcast if you aren't going to crowdsource your home furniture purchases? But if serving as my personal house comfort advisor isn't your cup of tea, you can always hit me up on Instagram at Eric Tate. That's at E-R-I-K-T-A-I-T. From me and everyone else here at the P3 Magic Studios, practice, practice, perform. Perform.